0: What's up, podcast listeners? It's your host, Rafal Muncheshefsky, and this is another solo edition car vlog, and I look like absolute horse but I don't care because I'm going to the gym to sweat my ass off. Anyway, I brought with me my top three cities because I keep forgetting to write them down, so I put them on my other phone. Number one most listen city is Dobbs Ferry out in New York this city has popped up on my list a couple times so shout out to everyone in Dobbs Ferry listening to my show the next one is a city in Mexico that I'm most likely going to butcher it's Oaxaca man I am sorry anyone from Mexico let me know how badly I butchered that one number three all the way in Australia a city called Minto shout out to everyone in Minto listening to my show And a honorable mention, I think they came in at number seven on my list, all the way in Algeria, a city, and again, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, called Sikida, 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 hopefully I said that correctly. Anyone from Algeria, please let me know how to pronounce that. Same goes with Mexico. Please let me know if I butchered that really really badly I am most certain I did anyway I want to get back into our series of low back pain and what to do about it because it's a long grueling process especially when you don't have the right tools so to kind of recap we first talked about are you either flexion intolerant or extension intolerant and then we moved into breathing and then into specific exercises. And I believe we ended off with the dead bug. And if I am not mistaken, maybe the bird dog. If we haven't hit the bird dog, we're gonna hit it right now. And this goes into the McGill big three. So the McGill Big Three, if you don't know who Stuart McGill is, he is the top and leading researcher, in my opinion, when it comes to um, low back rehab. He's probably put in 30 to 40 years of research and dedicated his career to low back pain, so definitely look him up. Um, The McGill Big Three is a half a side plank, a bird dog, And something called the McGill Curl Up, which is kind of like a um, crunch, but not really. Because you barely get off the floor. And all these three exercises are researched and proven to help people with low back pain. Like, if you had to do these daily... well. I would want you to do them daily, you'd see a huge um, improvement in pain and life quality. So I'm gonna tackle the bird dog first. So the bird dog is probably um, one of the most most um, butchered exercises out there. The bird dog is probably prescribed by every physio and chiro and rehab professional out there, but a lot of people do it incorrectly. So if you look at the bird dog exercise where you have the opposite hand and opposite leg extending, most people when they kick that back leg back their heel goes past their bum. For the most part, people's hips are pretty freaking tight these days so my guess is that when they extend their heel back like that and goes past their bum, they're actually not using their glute to engage hip extension. They're using their lumbar uh, muscles to extend their hip. And when I see this in my assessments, when people do the, perform the bird dog for me, now I know every time your body's required hip extension, you're going through lumbar extension, and it's a habit. And then you wonder why people deadlift or do single leg deadlifts or any kind of hip extension movement, they get low back pain after the exercise. It's just, it's ingrained in their head and brain and nervous system that, oh, you need to extend through your hips, we're actually gonna use our low back instead. So when I coach it, I almost want their back toe to almost drag the ground and hover like maybe an inch And then with that heel drive, they can really think and engage that glute to drive back to get proper hip extension. Now that we have that covered, that opposite arm reaching out, I want that to work too. I want that bicep to be right beside the ear as it extends, and I want you to create a fist as you're driving through, like you're trying to punch someone or you're Superman flying through the air. You're just driving that fist as hard as possible. On the way back, simultaneously with that leg and fist that are at full extension, you're driving through, you come back and relax. If you look at McGill's work, he talks a lot about learning how to stiffen up the torso, how to brace, how to engage the body. Because when you lift anything, most people just think, oh, you know, this box or my kid or my dog is only 20 pounds, I'm just going to go lift it. If you properly brace yourself to engage and kind of create that abdominal stiffness that Miguel always talks about and you lift up that 20-pound object you are now making yourself more resilient and ingraining a habit that anytime when it comes to picking shit up, you're gonna be fully braced for it. And that's gonna translate to what you do in the gym. If you look at any long lasting power lifter, they understand this. When they go up to a bar to deadlift, if it's 135 pounds, they're gonna treat it as their one rep max at 800 to whatever, right? No matter what the weight is they're approaching it mentally and physically like it's their one rep max so if we started implementing that into certain exercises where you're trying to get that mind and muscle connection of learning how to create stiffness and rigidity and then also learn how to relax things are going to be a lot better for you every single day of your life when picking up shit So the bird dog is not some flimsy back and forth yoga, Pilates movement. It's an actual hard, hard in quotation, air quotes here, um, core exercise. It's allowing the body to actively do a cross pattern movement while stabilizing not only the hips but also the lumbar spine and your core. So now that we have this bird dog in place where we know how to create intra-abdominal pressure, create that tension and stiffness. And if I went by my client doing a bird dog and they extended straight out and I told them hold it there for five seconds, I should not be able to push him over. Like that's the kind of brace you want. And that helps relieve pressure on that lumbar spine and teaches your body and nervous system how to create spinal stability so then when you do something dynamic like pick up your kid, you don't fuck your back up. That's like a scientific term, don't fuck your back up. So, there you have it, the bird dog. One of the most butchered exercises I've ever seen. And actually, you know what, I forgot one more thing. The supporting hand on the ground as you're doing that opposite hand and leg reach, I want you to think of corkscrewing that hand into the ground like you're trying to freaking break the floor. What this does is engages your lats and if you look at the anatomy of your lats like yeah like where most bodybuilders um, you know flex to expose their lats it also goes down right into that lumbar spine. So it almost makes sense to engage that muscle group to help stabilize and strengthen that area if you're dealing with low back pain. Now moving on to the next mcgill exercise is the half side plank and you know like if depending on where you're at when it comes to pain you know maybe a full side plank is better but for the most part being more conservative and doing really really well on the foundations like i always say is going to save you a lot of trouble down the road so now if you imagine a half side plank rather than having your legs extended you're going to have your legs bent and have Two pressure points of where your knees are and where your elbow is. Now, this teaches the body how to fight anti lateral flexion. And if you think about it, most of us, one, they're not going to hinge at their hips to pick up shit. You're going to do some weird, like, lateral flexion movements. And our spine doesn't really like that under load. You know, yeah, you can do it, but. For low back pain individuals, you're just feeding into the fire of making shit work terribly, right? Getting comfortable in that half side plank position where you're taking, you know, 20 to 30 seconds and you're learning how to brace and you're creating that tension and like. Small coaching cues go a long way. When I get someone into that half side plank position, I'm telling them to squeeze their ass as hard as possible. I'm telling them to drive their elbow into the ground like they're trying to pierce a hole into the gym floor. And then with their hand, it's not loosey-goosey. It's another fist. They're creating tension. They're holding. Their chest is up. Their head is neutral and they're breathing. And then switch to the other side. Now that half side plank that most people have their ass hanging backwards, their head tilted over, and their shoulder dropping forward, and they're just like, When is this gonna be over? Cause I'm bored and I wanna get into my workout, it's gonna make a huge difference. This is where coaching comes into play. Like I always make this analogy. Like I can, you know, do my own plumbing at home. Like I can go on YouTube and figure that shit out. But one, it's going to take me a lot longer to get to the outcome that I want. And two, most likely, you know, maybe a month, two months down the road, maybe even a year, a pipe is going to burst. You know, a good example of this actually was, and I think I brought this up before on my podcast a couple of years back, uh, my dishwasher broke. And me being me, being cheap, I was like, you know what, I could probably fucking fix it six hours later and almost flooding my apartment um, I got it to work but now my dishwasher goes through a whole series of like every year always stop working and then I have to take it apart like now a little bit more efficient because I understand this thing like inside and out but I could have saved all this trouble by hiring a freaking plumber to come in maybe spending an hour to fix the whole thing and boom done Right, this is the same thing when it comes to coaching. Like, yeah, you can download the best program in the world and follow it to a T, but there's always little things that's gonna take you that extra step. So after you're done the side plank, and sometimes the side plank will fuck your low back too. And most recently, you know, I sort of trained this new individual and even the half side plank is not too happy on their low back. So I started thinking like, what can you do to mimic it, mimic it the position? And one of the things I stole from uh, Mike Boyle is this idea of a farmer carry single arm. So if you think of a heavy loaded carry only on one side, you're fighting anti-lateral flexion, AKA this side plank. And I thought it was brilliant. So you could easily just do an isometric hold of a heavy dumbbell or a kettlebell in a standing straight posture and not let that dumbbell or kettlebell pull you over where the weights at. And 30 seconds each side, nice and easy. Now the last one, the McGill Curl Up. Imagine you're lying on your back and you have both hands underneath your low back to ensure that you have a neutral spine and you're not overly arching you have one leg bent say it's your left side or right side doesn't matter and you're thinking of driving your chest up towards the ceiling so only your shoulders and head slightly lift off the ground maybe 20 degrees so it's almost like an isometric hold and not a crunch, there's no flexion in the spine. You're literally just lifting your shoulders off the ground, chest towards the ceiling, head stays neutral and follows, and you hold it, 10 to 15 seconds rest, 10 to 15 seconds rest, 10 to 15 seconds rest. What this teaches is creating that stiffness that you need to properly brace. So if you are familiar with like hollow rocks or like a hollow body position, or if you just hang on a pull-up bar and drive your feet forward to mimic that hollow body, you feel that isometric contraction right away in your abdomen area. So with this one, it's like a very foundational movement to reteach the core how to stiffen and brace. Now, if you have low back issues, you've been diagnosed Via chiro or Physio, that you are flexion intolerant, extension intolerant, discogenic, whatever it may be, and they say that these three exercises would be a good idea, then yes, you should be doing these daily. That's the big thing. A lot of times, you'll go on the internet and find a lot of good information for exercise based on your condition. Like I post a lot of rehab stuff because a lot of people are broken, but then I get questions like, "Hey, you know, when I do this exercise, this." You know, thing in the inside of my leg starts hurting like what do you think it is it's like well fuck like you need to get checked out and by a good practitioner to figure out what it actually is because maybe you know the side plank and the bird dog's gonna do wonders for your back but for some reason the mcgill curl up actually is fucking you over because you also have some cervical spine stuff going on right there's usually more than one culprit when it comes to pain But for the most part, generally speaking, these three are proven to help tremendously when it comes to um, back pain. They're really, really simple, and they can be done daily, like daily. If people took the time to actually do these three, it would help their quality of life so, so much um if you guys easily search on youtube like mcgill big three or literally just the bird dog and half side plank and the mcgill curl up you'll find those videos really quickly you know this also makes me think that i should probably um create a post on these to help you guys out have a little more of a visual but that's it for me Thank you guys for listening to my rambles. You guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out. Hit the show notes. Add me on Facebook. Add me on Instagram. You know, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Rafal Matuszewski out there. Um, thank you guys. You guys are freaking amazing. Until next time.